Hello, everyone. I'm Barrett Anderson, COO of Future in Review and Strategic News Service. Welcome back to the SNS podcast. I'm here again today with Mark Anderson, who is the CEO of Strategic News Service and Chair of Future in Review. Um, and we are here today to talk about a rather serious uh, topic. It's not going to be as entertaining as our last uh, conversation about cancer <laughs> and HPV, but yeah. I think it, it is an equally important, if not more, it's, it's a more important in some ways question, um, which is, are we currently, without knowing it, engaged in as the target of a bio war? So Mark, I'm curious to hear some of your thoughts on this, just to start. Well, this comes from from a suspicion that you have and have we have had for a while mm -hmm. uh, that keeps rearing its head in different ways as new as new variants arise and as new diseases begin to pop up in multiple places at once that have for a long time thought to have been eradicated. Yes. Um, so, you know, Barrett, that I look for patterns in things. I probably don't think the way that many people do, but I definitely think in terms of pattern recognition. And so my discoveries have almost always been kind of aha moments when patterns start to build up. And uh, I'll just say that, you know, and our members at SNS are already aware that we have spent a lot of time investigating the cause or the source of the very first COVID-19 uh, story. And we can talk a little bit about that. We already have covered that a lot. Right. The, the, the moment that this pattern really broke for me was when Omicron came out. And we'd come back to that in a minute. But that's that's when I really became convinced that something horrible. Unnatural. Unnatural. Unnatural mutation yeah. of. That's right. Yeah. Um, so you can go back to the original release and. Um, uh, without going into detail, I'll just tell you what we've, you know, I'll tell our listeners what we have discovered on our own, and then they can decide if they agree. But we unearthed um, the original research, which was done by a nice guy named Ralph Burke in North Carolina. We paid for it in the United States. And uh, he wrote a paper about it. Uh, he published it with some other Chinese people and um, uh, clearly stated that it had been passaged, meaning there was a way of accelerating evolution beyond normal so that you would get what exactly what you wanted against human targets, human tissue targets. Um, focused on doing that and then expressed grave, grave concerns about the safety of that kind of research and stopped doing it. Right. At which point it was exported to a lab in Wuhan for Wuhan, Wuhan study. Laboratory. Yes. And I uh, went there and we continued to pay them there. They ran that lab, which was supposed to be a biological safety four level as biological safety two level was kind of like your dentist office. So from the very beginning, it was fraught. Um, regardless of how it was released from the laboratory, and I'll say for myself, 99.9% .9 absolutely sure that's where it came from. Uh, either there or the CDC lab down the street, but um, not from a wet market. So um, whether it was an accident or not, there now is, I would say, no possible explanation for China's subsequent damage to the world after the release, other than to say they treated it as a weapon. And by that, I, I mean, and, and I'm not limited in what I'm meaning to things like allowing 40,000 Chinese to, to go out to the world from that region, even though they were locked down at home, 
um, uh, not, a, not allowing uh, doctors to talk about it, who knew about it. Right. Um, some of them have been disappeared since that time. Uh, completely cleaning out the lab of all things. There's nothing there now, nothing to investigate. Their complete abrogation of the WHO procedures in an embarrassingly not transparent way so that they were essentially bullying them into not investigating yeah. on, on and on. All these things led to massive deaths in America and worldwide. So these are all things that we've talked about before, though. Right. Perhaps this, the, whoever's watching this may not have, but I'm curious right. to hear more about the new, the Omicron perspective. So we knew that we could make this bug. And then uh, Omicron showed up in South Africa one day and all of a piece, you had a brand new variant, which had about 39 mutations in the one area that matters the most, which is called the spike, which is how they think is contagious, how it attaches to the human body, and um, all at once. Now, I've heard the, what I would call pathetic attempts by probably very nice virologists to try to game out how is it possible that when normally, maybe you'll see one mutation, maybe two, and all over the entire bug. And here it is, 39 on the same place of the bug, which is the most dangerous part of it and the most likely to increase its contagiousness and its danger. So how could that possibly happen? And I won't bother you with the examples that have been given, but I'll say this, I believe they're not right and they're pathetic. And so we had a bug with uh, about 50 odd mutations, 39 of which were all in the same area, the spike, uh, and it appeared overnight. Mm -hmm. And I believe that anyone who was confused until that time about whether or not we were under attack would then have to go, yes. The appearance of a separate variant, obviously engineered in my opinion, solved the question of, if you were in some way doubtful for any reason at all that you were under attack, when, you, when this thing appeared, no, it wasn't stuck in the Congo in an HIV person. It was really engineered, I believe, very tightly engineered and released all at once in South Africa. Okay. So let's say let's say that's true. Mm -hmm. uh, who was responsible in your mind? Who do you think is most likely to have been responsible? Clearly, we can't China. know for sure. China. It has to be China. U.S. or China, it had to be China. So um, no one else had it, I don't as far as I know. So you, what you have to ask is how many of these things were on the shelf at Wuhan Virology Laboratory? Because they had, you had years to work on these things from 2015 until now. And um, how many of them did they make? Mm -hmm. like what varieties, what passaging was done to them, uh, how many mutations were accelerated, and um, where, where are they now? How many more are sitting on a shelf in some other place that hasn't been completely cleansed and, you know, destroyed of any evidence? So we don't know. But the next thing you might expect, of course, would be, is there another wave? Is there another one? Now, when, I'll say it again. When you see just a single mutation or that, two mutations, there is a natural genetic variation and, and ebb and flow, which we expect. Right. Fine. That, there'll be a lot of variants for a long time. As you know, the uh, United States is saying this week we've lost over a million dead. That's more than all the people ever lost in all the pandemics in this country and all the wars. Mm -hmm. Pretty effective. Pretty successful. Very successful. You're thinking about it as a warfare effort. Quite successful. Yeah, with no blowback. So here's here's the one thing that I don't that I that I uh, 
I don't know. So, so I think this is a question that I hear a lot from people. Like, why would China release all of this biowarfare without having their own vaccine? And especially when their own vaccine doesn't work and they're not sending, even giving it to their own people. So this is something that I've written about. Again, members will probably have heard this already, but non-members know. One of the patterns that I find most chilling, let's say you're Xi Jinping. And for the moment, let's say that you're actually an honest, kind person, and you're not trying to kill everybody else in the world except in China. How could you possibly defend a zero COVID policy as the only country left doing that almost, except for North Korea, your, your puppet state. And um, with 1.4 billion people, I mean, if you're Indiana, that might be possible. But with 1.4 billion people, how could you possibly adopt a zero COVID policy knowing that it fails? Their GDP is now down from you know six or seven to two. It's to totally destroyed the economy. Everyone's locked up. People have been locked up for months. There's no answer here. They know that if they open up, they'll get it again. How did you pick that particularly failed policy if you really were innocent? And the, the, the problem that I've got with this is if it came out of your lab, G, and it did, if you're running BS2 instead of BS4, oh, you were, whether or not it was accidental or not, you used it as a weapon. Yes, you did. And now you're not vaccinating your own people and you're not even letting them get it. It's a zero policy. The only thing that I get out of this is your team, the Chinese team, is most likely to have known much more about that darn bug than anybody in the world because they made it. And they're not beyond testing it on people, in my humble opinion. So they may have. And if they did, they would know all about long COVID. And we don't. Mm -hmm. And I think, and I have no way of, I have no evidence of this because there's no way to have evidence of this other than people who attended a meeting someday, a, you know, a year ago in Beijing or something. But it seems to me that it's likely that because long COVID is so dangerous, persistent, and unknown, I mean, it literally could be that we, the rest of the world will get it and never get over it if they have it. Right. It's a dangerous thing. Um, so you picked zero COVID policy. That action, but in my estimation was part of the pattern of criminality and weaponry at least so, wait hold on so, so let me make sure i'm i am understanding this correctly you think that that because this this is this is a theory, mm -hmm. but, is a theory. but your but your working theory is that because if china had tested it had tested covid on human subjects mm -hmm. before its release mm -hmm. And they knew that it the causes COVID. blood clots, lung, lung, lung clots, everything, every, all of every, you know, yeah. a million different side effects. Every organ in the body is affected. Your organs yeah. fail, your liver fails. Mm -hmm. uh, so they decided just to try to keep as many people as possible from getting it inside rather than letting them get vaccinated. Correct. Because they knew that the vaccine might have an impact as well. Correct. That That's right. Yep. There, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't go so far as to say what you, the last thing you said, because I don't know what they were thinking, but I, I believe that even if they had a perfect vaccine that was 100% successful, not everyone would get vaccinated properly. And so there would still be people getting it. Mm -hmm. They don't want to have anyone getting it. Okay. 
so there you go. And um, at that point, you have one more question, which I think you were asking earlier, which is, what would you expect next if this was actually a military conflict run as a bioweapon bio conflict? And as you know, everyone knows, um, Xi had just finished pledging his fealty to Russia before the Russian-Ukraine attack. Mm -hmm. uh, forever. We're, I think the words were forever, you know, new friends. And I'm sure he in some ways regrets it now, but he's, it's too late. And so he hasn't taken it back. Though. He hasn't taken it back. And is it possible that this, uh, no, so here's, here's what you would expect if you thought you were under attack. One way you would know is you would have a weird virus show up, a new one, in multiple locations simultaneously where it had never appeared before. Mm -hmm. And this is, of course, the story of monkeypox. Right. And when, when you look into it, it, it's likely it has been testified by someone who is a scientist earlier in Russia in bioweaponry that the Russians had identified that particular disease as one of three or four candidates, aside from smallpox, to be used in biowarfare. And that same person later testified about 10 years later that after the treaty with the US it said no more bioweapons, they continued to culture monkeypox. I don't know if that person is telling the truth, but add one more data point. So is it possible that Russia's way of responding to our helping Ukraine, uh, having watched China succeed so well with bioweapons is to release one of their own? Right now, there are 12 different countries that have never had monkeypox, and no one can figure out how or why they've got it, because it, they're often not from people traveling to the one or two places where you'd expect it in Africa. Right. Uh, and, and I think 92 cases so far. So I think this raises, in my mind, a different, like, bigger picture question, which is, you know, you, I wrote in, uh, at, during the Olympics, basically, mm -hmm. about how the Olympics had become a PR spectacle for dictatorship and authoritarian regimes. Right. And if you were Xi Jinping and Putin working to closely together to build a global empire, which they were, and they are, as they announced at, the, at those games, um, I would, it would be very smart to, I mean, what you've seen is over the last, you know, I, I wrote, also wrote earlier about China hoarding resources over the last year, mm -hmm. two years. Mm -hmm. So they have hoarded massive amounts of lithium, food resources, rare earth metals, all the things that they don't naturally have. They have told their citizens to go stock up on food. They've warned them ahead of time that, 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 that food shortages could be an issue. My senses going into the Olympics, I mean, Xi, Xi Jinping was not surprised that Putin invaded Ukraine, right? They, he clearly would have known about that. The word and was so, that Putin agreed to hold off until after the Olympics. I think the Olympics was a big distraction, right? Like if, if the world's entire media and focus is on the Olympics, and you use that as this like announcement of your next great power empire, and then boom, Suddenly, when no one's really paying attention, everyone, you know, they they use that moment to invade Ukraine after an, a deliberate orchestration of the release of a massive bioweapon that's killed millions and millions of people around the world. It kind of makes sense, mm -hmm. you know, like it would be a natural progression of uh, an act of, of, uh, of whatever the word is for war, war. Two kinds of warfare at once. 
Yeah, war. modern day definitions of war. Asymmetric warfare is what yeah. we call it. When you're on the side who is less, less strong in general military weapons, you choose other weapons right. which are um, Information not warfare, attributable to you and which, which can do a lot of damage. Cyber warfare. Information yeah. warfare yeah. in the yeah. US and across Europe, which leads to cyber warfare in the US and across Europe, which leads to uh, bio warfare from China, which leads to an actual invasion. And by the time you make it to the actual invasion, People are so uh, kind of frazzled by the overhaul of all of these things year after year after year that just seem to keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. Garrett, I don't think there is an actual invasion. What do you mean? In Ukraine, there was. Yes. Sorry, but I don't think there's going to be an actual invasion of us. I think that the whole game for these two guys on a larger scale, forget Ukraine, is they win without having to have a fight. That's the that's the ultimate goal of Sun Tzu and the Art of War. The ultimate goal of 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 this kind of asymmetric warfare is you never had to fight. You destroy their economy so badly that you just win, which is the the whole point of war anyway, really. And so you get the fruits of war, which is economic domination of the world, without having to fire a shot. Right. Yeah. Okay. Except they, in this case, they have fired shots. Russia. Well, in Ukraine, in Ukraine. Yeah. yeah. That's so, Russia. That wouldn't be yeah. China's plan. No. Yeah. They're, they are different after all. Now, we just got an estimate. You know, the WHO was essentially co-opted by China um, right at the beginning of the spread. Mm -hmm. They said stupid things that China was telling them to say that were wrong. Yeah. And then when, during the investigation, they said stupid mm -hmm. things that China told them to say that were wrong. And they finally got a spine. I don't know what happened, but they did. And they just announced last week a, a new count of what they call excess deaths from COVID worldwide. 15 million. 15 million people died so far. We're not yeah. done. Yet. We're yeah. Not done. Uh, so at, at some point, if we're on the right track here, the question has to be asked. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Let's say you're Biden or you're Boris or you know, you're somebody sitting in your 10 downing or you're at the Oval Office and you've got all your generals sitting around. They say, well, we have proof now. Uh, we're completely sure that this was a bioweapon attack. And then it's a little quiet in the room. And then, and, and then the president says, so what do we do? And then it gets very, very, very quiet. Right. What do you do? And I'm going to suggest something, which is in this new era of information warfare and cyber warfare and bioweaponry, all these asymmetric attacks by people who are generally inferior militarily, but want to have a war with you economically, um, you will have to have a secret war, probably. You're not going to fire a nuclear weapon at Beijing. Not going to happen. What are you going to do? They just killed a millionaire people. If yeah. they killed a millionaire people by dropping a bomb on New York, what would you do? You'd wipe out yeah. Beijing. Yeah. Well, now what do you do? Not done yet. It might be 5 million when they're done. So uh, you have to have a secret response, just as secret as theirs was. And how do you do that? I don't know. But that's a whole new way of understanding war when war has to be fought privately. What What if, okay, so here's here's another thing. What if What if you don't have to have a secret response? What if, I mean, because generally speaking, the information warfare, bio warfare, 
it works because no everyone assumes that no one would ever do that right like no one is on guard no one is really thinking that like that's realistic everyone assumes that you're just overblowing things but it, if if you actually knew that that was true and you had evidence to that effect it would be most in intelligent to blast that information from the rooftops i think the only reason the u.s isn't doing that so far is because of their but involvement then, but then they'll just argue with you then who, what cares you? If, who cares if they're arguing with you well no one sticks and stones may break your bones but names will never hurt me that's an insufficient response you need to kill 10 million people if if the majority of global power is on your side mm -hmm. and you build an alliance of powerful countries that understand what actually happened mm -hmm. and you don't do anything then what what do you mean you don't do anything you have no response other than publicity then what then what happens well i'm not saying publicity should be the only response ah what are you saying i'm saying it is important for everyone in the world to understand the true narrative oh you're that saying china on a podcast that is china's greatest fear they monitor anti-Chinese dissent in the US using uh, essentially like social media to, to make sure that no one is saying bad things about the Chinese Communist Party. Well, we just did. Now let's underline this disclosure thing because we don't know. All I'm saying is the patterns at this point are almost irrefutable. Right. We don't know anything for a fact and that's not right. what we do. We don't do that. We're not cops. We're not taking this to a courtroom. Our job and how we do make predictions and how we do attribution is we find patterns. And uh, what we're talking about today are patterns that seem to have become almost, almost irrefutable. Usually speaking, when things are too weird to be coincidence, they're not coincidence. Right. And therefore, I think it is the official SNS position <laughs> <laughs> that the US government should consider investigating yeah. This supposed coincidence. So um, I hope that they already are. I hope that they've already realized this. But one reason I wanted to do this as a subject was in case they are not. Right. My worry is that you don't really see a serious conversation about this. I haven't in the, in the media or in public. And, and yet 15 million people are dead. Well, Mark, let's let's be fair johnny depp and amber heard have been you know having this trial thing i, I don't know if you've heard about Very it important. it's really important news yeah we could talk about that i don't know how you feel about that but i have some things to share there but, um, i think i think we're actually out of time for now but, but okay. I think we've okay. covered our we've covered our topic so i'm going to wrap things up um but thank you very much for sharing your uh thoughts as usual it's been a fascinating conversation i hope it will help some of you out there think about differently or open your eyes to some of the ways that the Chinese Communist Party operates and that Russia operates regardless of whether or not there is factual evidence to prove this specific claim. It is worth looking into all of these kinds of patterns as they come up. We hope this is not true, but we fear that it, it is. Yes. Thank you, Barrett. Thank you, Mark. Bye-bye.